What are the future trends that are sneaking up on us rapidly? Beasley Media Group Vice President of Programming Buzz Knight interviews thought leaders of today on new innovations, new methods, new strategies, and new thinking. On this podcast, Healthy Paranoia. The digital age is transforming rapidly, and the pace of change is moving at warp speed. How are we prepared for it, and how can we be more adept to seize the opportunities Today, on Healthy Paranoia, we're speaking with the author of a new book, Media 2.0, An Insider's Guide to Today's Digital Media World and Where It's Going. Peter Schotty is the founder and chairman of Creative Media, a leading media and technology business development firm also focused on advisory and investment. So, Peter, what was your motivation that inspired you to write this guide? There really is uh, a, a lot of people came to me uh, because I've been in and around the space of digital media for quite some time, and they'd always ask me whether I was I had any guides or anything that could ground them about the digital media business. So some kind of guidebook, some um, kind, uh, all you need to know, which would take them through and give them the foundation they need, and there really wasn't. And so that's where, since I've been writing and writing my blog for many, many years now, it was a natural thing for me to have the motivation to do that, to create this. Uh, my goal really is to create the industry Bible, the place to go if for both beginners, novices who just need to be grounded and have a good sense and understanding of the digital media business, and also those who are deep to give them a, a greater depth. Uh, so that's the that's what led me to create this book. So I first became aware of your book while you were uh, out at the Consumer Electronics Show, and um, obviously going to that event is a uh, quite a stimulating uh, process. Um, yes. Are there any inspirations you experienced while you were at the event this past year? Well, certainly the energy is always an inspiration uh, because it's important for all companies, whether it's uh, traditional traditional media and entertainment companies um, or brands, marketers, just about anybody, as well as those who are on the innovation front and who are really driving things forward, to just get outside of themselves, get out in the field and see what others are doing, hear conversations, be part of the conversation. So I, just the energy of it was was motivational. And then CES has really become a place that is not just about the hardware. It's about the relationships. It's about the meetings. It's about all the services, too, that are in the digital media side. And because of that, it's ground zero for meetings. And this is where kind of a gathering of the tribe where people come together right after the holidays and start the new year off with a bang. And, and you can do a lot, of, <laughs> a, a lot of business very efficiently. And you get a lot of steps on your uh, Fitbit along the way. Yeah, yes, you do. So you talk in the book about the importance of storytelling in the new world. Yeah. Um, could you give some advice to maybe talent in the radio business with regard to storytelling? Yeah, it's really uh, what I what I say, and then I'll spe specifically talk about radio talent. But whatever you do, whether it's educational, whether it's um, entertainment, whether it's pure marketing, we're all telling stories. And, and so it's important to, to, 
to find a way to reach an audience and engage with them through those stories. Some may be just uh, you know short, some may be longer, but that's job one. And it's a question of breaking through all the noise out there because of the opportunity with these platforms we have now, we can reach anybody in the world and anybody can be a storyteller conceptually. So for, for radio talent, what is it that makes you unique and uniquely engaging or have the potential to uniquely engage with an audience? It's certainly a personality, having your own voice, being authentic to that voice, because authenticity is the key to success when you're talking about about really having a grounds up, building your presence, and then having the knowledge and expertise to understand what the tools are out there to get your voice out there. So be authentic to yourself, and then understanding all the different ways to reach and engage with an audience, and then experiment with them to see which work. Now we live in this age, as I said, anybody can be a storyteller, you can reach anybody, and if you start creating a following, they will spread the word for you, which is how, you, how you're able to raise your profile. You have to be entrepreneurial. And so talent, it's increasingly upon you to be an entrepreneur and stay ahead of the curve and innovating. So what's the state of uh, cross-platform media in 2018? And as you look at it from your vantage point, um, what are the disruptive factors? Well, cross-platform now is, I think that when people think about that, we think about our mobile devices, we think about uh, uh, the more traditional platforms like television and even theatrical movies, uh, movies and movie and film. But it goes deeper than that. It's all the social platforms now, and there's so many of them. So how do you keep up? How do you experiment on all of them? These are platforms to be aware of, and again, being an innovator or an entrepreneur, trying to understand which ones fit into a multi-platform strategy. But there's also the live aspect that it's not just all digital. So a full multi-platform strategy is increasingly also bringing in the good old-fashioned human element of live engagement. And I'll give you an example of where I believe one of the, probably the most innovative company in the digital media landscape, maybe a surprising one um, to the audience, Amazon. And Amazon is a true multi-platform company. They are, they're, they're not about commerce and just about commerce anymore. They're very much a new media company that plays in the you know, online space, which means that it plays on the mobile device, it plays on your, certainly your computers, but they have their video services and radio service, music services, and so they play on the big screen. And also, the live element is increasingly important to them from a counter-programming standpoint. So while Netflix debuts all of their original films on Netflix, Amazon debuts its original films in movie theaters first, as an example. So bringing people into the physical world, having their brand engage in the physical world. Then, of course, Amazon is counter-programming in retail malls. While other bookstores are shutting down, Amazon is opening them up in retail to extend its brand that way and bringing in its hardware that way and bringing in the commerce that way. So you have this holistic cycle, this what I call this um, kind of the virtuous circle where you have the online engagement 
that fuels offline engagement, that fuels online engagement. Again, that's a true multi-platform strategy. And probably the biggest exclamation mark that Amazon did this past year was buying Whole Foods. So when you think about audacity, and I write about this in my book, now that's a bold, audacious move where Amazon now, the king of online commerce, is there in your neighborhoods with Whole Foods, able to market its all the things it does, including its entertainment stuff, so that they're touching you in all aspects of your life. Now that's an immersive multi-platform strategy. Can you contrast from your view the challenges of television with the challenges that radio faces and how in the midst of those challenges can new opportunities be created? When you're talking about radio, you're talking about traditional terrestrial radio primarily? Yes, yes. Okay. It's, um, so I, I consider those to be, tr- whether it's on the television side or radio side, to be more traditional platforms. And, and so the fundamental challenge is that those typically involved in traditional entertainment platforms, uh, and I'm talking about the executive DNA, is typically, because I've been in that business, is typically not as deep when it comes to where technology is taking storytelling, which is taking content and which is taking engagement. So the fundamental challenge, first of all, is to invest resources uh, for traditional services or companies to invest resources that are dedicated to understanding where the world is going, understanding new technologies, creating new relationships, bringing in pilot programs into, into their shops so that they can learn and and really get that mind share. So that's challenge number one, recognizing that there's this constant movement and you need to try to stay ahead of it and 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 not holding on to the past too long as painful as it is. So that's one thing. Secondly is as part of that, hiring the right DNA, bringing in new blood that really understands that world, our innovators so that they can take the traditional platform and extend it out into new new ways and then have a multi-platform strategy that way because it's not all traditional and it's all it's not all new media it's the you know the full the full monty is if you can tie those all together and the a natural spot for radio of course terrestrial radio is to bring that brand online where now the potential is for a brand that was previously, a station that was previously tied to a terrestrial footprint, a physical footprint, now has the opportunity to extend that personality, extend that brand, and extend its audience much much more broadly and engage with them in a very different kind of way. So when you think of uh, the radio business and you think of the emergence, certainly, um, in, around digital of video content, is there a way you see that radio can maximize the opportunity around video? Well, uh, there, there's there's some companies that are early stage or relatively new companies that, as one example, they work with terrestrial radio to not only bring them online because most radio stations now have an online presence, a sister presence, but then syncing up video to the songs that are playing, if it's a music station, as an example, 
with videos that sync up in real time and are completely in sync with the sound itself. So that's one way where, forgot the name of the company now, but it does that. And then video engagement means that people will be more engaging with the overall content and the brand of the radio station. And that means that advertisers are even happier than they otherwise would be. So that, that's one way that video can come into play. Certainly another way that video can come into play and consistent with what we've been talking about, which is really deepening brand, the, the brand association, the brand interest, the passion of the audience in, in the brand, is by giving a face to the individual personalities that are part of a radio station. And so video and, and those individual personalities can come out in a very different kind of way than in the past. So I think that those are two real ideas on how to bring more success on the terrestrial radio side. So we see frequently uh, over the last few years, certainly, the emergence um, at CES of you know virtual reality. Um, yep. From your view, how quickly is it evolving, and ultimately, how is the technology improving? Virtual reality is still in the relatively early adoption phase, but it's certainly commercially. Um, uh, uh, mass scale at this point. So it's evolved very rapidly in the last couple of years. And so much money is continuously being poured into the space by venture capital uh, so that the innovation will continue, as well as all the consumer electronic companies, the Samsungs and Sonys of the world, et cetera, are spending so much and investing so much on the overall virtual reality space and hardware that they are creating a market. They're pushing a market forward, and it is moving rapidly. So by 2020, I think the estimates are that virtual reality will be a $30 billion business. And so that's in a very short period of time. That's one of the recent market reports. Now, I think most people, when they think about virtual reality, they think about video and video games and gaming to be the most obvious play. And that's certainly true in the, for the early days, but we now have a great deal of, of resources that are being poured into live action storytelling. So really having a fully immersive experience that is not animated, but you're, you're in the middle of a real life scenario. So from an entertainment side, those kinds of things will be coming down the pike and getting much deeper and much richer, although the challenges are also deep and rich. Because you can imagine, it's essentially creating a movie in, in a spherical form, 360 degrees. So how do you even direct that? What's the language there? That's being invented. But beyond the entertainment, then there are some amazing things that are not obvious, such as in the enterprise. So on the business side and on the human side, there's all kinds of things that um, business use cases, and I'll give you one where there are uh, to treat burn victims, VR has been used and continues to be used for pain reduction. So imagine this, and this is done and, and proven, and this is just the beginning. There are kids who are burn victims ha who have been treated in hospitals with a 
with a an immersive snowy cold environment through VR where it's just they're in a snow environment via their VR headset. That's it. And because they're immersed in this, there's a their body physiologically reacts. It's not just a visual thing. Their body actually physically reacts to that and feels the pain reduction in the same manner that opiates have an impact on them. That's the power of that's just one power of virtual reality. And so imagine the other kinds of things that can be done that we can't even conceive right now. We're very early, but it's already a commercialized market. It's fascinating. Boy. So you do, do a deep dive in your book, uh, you know, around certainly social media, among other things. Yeah. Do, you, do you see new opportunities for new social channels for um, – our business or other businesses to emerge? I, there's, there are always new opportunities for new businesses to emerge in ways that we can't even conceive. And when you think about it and you think about like Snapchat, when did they come online? They came certainly within the last seven years, nobody knew about it. And then now every kid uses it. Um, YouTube's only 10 years old. We wouldn't have conceived about it. So there, there's, I'm very bullish that innovation will only increase. On the on the business side for radio uh, and others, think again about storytelling and about personality and about authenticity. So influencers have the ability to, or or personalities have the opportunity using these social channels that will continue to grow to experiment with them to see what works, what fits their personalities, what an audience wants to hear or see, because we have. You know, live social streaming that's happening now too, where you can get anybody can have the potential of broadcasting themselves in real time around the world. So, uh, my, my high level is that you, if you're a personality that wants to establish a social presence, find your voice, be authentic to your voice, experiment and experiment experiment with the channels that are out there, and really try to become an expert in all the different possibilities. And then, then you have the potential of building an audience. So lastly, Peter, what are the top line lessons from media 2.0? Probably the biggest one. And I call this fearless media, uh, th- this concept, and it applies to whether it's radio or traditional movie business or traditional marketers, any established business. Even those that are in the new world have been innovators. Now they're traditional in terms of what their space is at that point in time. The the potential for disruption in the positive and negative sense is there any moment. So you merely waiting and seeing what others in your business are doing is not an option. You need to be fearless. You need to devote resources to understanding where things are going and trying to be ahead of the curve. You need to find the right people, be fearless in hiring them, and again, expending resources to be able to do that. And then you need to be fearless in terms of jumping in and and conducting pilot programs, perhaps investing in new companies, perhaps creating your own accelerator within your own company so that you, you learn because ultimately nobody knows. <laughs> nobody has all the answers. Nobody does. No matter how smart they may appear to be, 
those who win are those who are taking action. And so that's what I mean by being fearless, fearless media is that taking action, jumping into it without having the comfort of knowing what you're doing exactly. But that's the only way to figure it out. Peter, thanks for the motivation and thanks for the insights from your brand new book. Well, Buzz, it's it's really been a pleasure and I, I appreciate your interest in my thoughts. Where is digital headed? What should jar us into action and allow us to deploy, as Peter put it, fearless media? Tune in for the next installment of Healthy Paranoia. Thanks for listening to Healthy Paranoia with Buzz Knight. Steady production guidance provided by Boston Beasley Media Group producer Justin Weiner. 